Welcome back to Solving Water Asylum Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Holloway, and I've got another great series to share with you. When you think of construction and mining, what kinds of words come to mind? Maybe diggers, dump trucks, coal are some common ones. But did you know that water plays a crucial role in the construction process? Water in these industries can either be a necessity or a nuisance. Either way, experts are needed to manage this water efficiently, effectively, and sustainably. Whether it's bypassing water to complete a construction project or dewatering an open pit mine operation, in this series, recorded live from ConExpo in Las Vegas, I interview customers, distributors, and Xylem experts about all the ways we address water for these industries. Hope you enjoyed the show as much as I enjoyed the interviews. Good afternoon. I'm sitting here with Matt Tate, Regional Sales Manager for Western Canada. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Great. So why don't we start by learning about what you do for Xylem, giving us some background about what you do. Yeah, so as you said, I'm Regional Sales Manager for Western or for Canada, Western Canada specifically, looking after the both municipal and industrial markets from northwestern Ontario through to British Columbia. Uh, largely responsible for a flight market, submersible wastewater pumps. Okay. Um, as well as some engineer projects. So. Got it. And we're here at ConExpos. The, the topics have sort of naturally drifted toward mining operations, construction market as well. But I understand that you are an expert in the western part of Canada and the mining operations there. So maybe you could tell our listeners a little bit about what goes on yeah, in that part so, of the world. <laughs> so Canada is a very diverse country across with minerals and, and exploration. Very mineral-rich country. Uh, you know, it varies significantly from coast to coast, but in, you know, Western Canada, well, overall mineral exports, number one being potash coming out of the central region uh, where I'm based in, in Saskatchewan, as well as strong markets in metallurgical coal, thermal coal to some extent, mostly for internal use, as well as uranium, nickel, cobalt, zinc, various minerals that we are using in, in Canada, mining sure. in Canada. Yeah. What was the first one you mentioned? Uh, potash. Oh, okay. Maybe could you, could you tell us what that is? Because I don't think everybody knows. Yeah, so effectively it's uh, a mineral used in fertilizer. So it's mined, it's a dry mine, effectively milled underground. Uh, very deep mines typically, 1,200 meters deep mines, primarily exported out of, yes, our Saskatchewan region, multiple mines and companies that operate out of there. So like agricultural, yes. like big, big operations, got it. That's right. Yeah. Cool. So then are there, you, you, I, I know Canada is a big country, but are there differences that stand out to you between what is being mined or what's happening in your part of the region versus what your counterparts are doing over on the eastern part of Canada? There's a lot of similarities. A lot of mines operate in the same function, especially, I mean, there's the difference between soft rock, which is the potash, and hard rock, which is something like iron and coal or uranium those markets those are really the biggest differences i guess between okay. the two yeah sure so but the operations themselves and some of the products that we're working with apply to both sides similar yeah similar drip typically soft rock is a is a dry mine so there shouldn't be any water to pump but it's mostly surf, surface operations dealing with brine and, okay. and uh, materials produced out of the mine oh interesting okay what are some of the challenges that you see in that your customers are bringing to you these days? Yeah, so I think it varies quite significantly between the locations, but a lot of times we're seeing regulatory requirements you know, higher than have historically been required with treating or you know, properly disposing of any sort of water generated from the mine. Um, 
you know, that as well as really trying to really leaning towards more automation and, you know, digital services, I guess, according to really track, you know, what's happening from a maintenance standpoint, equipment's burning up prematurely and, you know, how to prevent, how to be proactive in preventing uh, and controlling some of those costs yeah so preventative maintenance agreements and those types of things are useful tools here as we start to as you start to see more adoption of digital solutions and just more of that technology come to our part of the mine operations yeah really it's that i think the technology a lot of it itself it's things that for an example you might have a, a pump running in a sump and it'll just run till it snores and it will cause extra damage on the equipment. It'll wear prematurely. Uh, you know, having sensors as well as just control systems that can detect that kind of thing is really critical for being able to uh, control costs. And what do you think kind of sets us apart from other other manufacturers in this space? I mean, it's it's a different market, right? There's more of a rental opportunity here in the U.S. than there seems to be in Canada. In general, I just am curious as to sort of what makes us unique and and have that good presence in yeah. there. Yeah, there's definitely a couple sides to it. You know, from a technology standpoint, we're definitely very strong. Uh, we've been in the market for a very long time. You know, with flight, we've been around since the 50s. Put a lot into research and development to improve technologies. And that's one of our strengths, but also it's our people. We have applications experience. Chances are that if one of the mines have an issue, we've come across it before. And, you know, that's both locally in Canada, but we also have global resources that we can, can utilize to really help, help our customers out. What's one of the more interesting or cool projects you've worked on without naming names, like, like a really creative application or something? Personally, I think uh, one of the most interesting ones I've been involved in was uh, was really a uh, settling pond that they needed to get rid of some of the, the, the sludge and everything that's accumulated in these ponds. It was unique in that it was a clay bottom. They couldn't use you know, proper infrastructure in there to actually put something permanent in to, to solve the problem. So we'd come up with a uh, using our, our slurry equipments, hoisted by a crane, to kind of get into that area and then also a secondary you know some one of our typical dewatering pumps from a source pit basically made a fire hose of sorts to uh, to be able to wash the, uh, the silt into into towards the slurry pump and yeah it, it was really unique uh, something we hadn't done too much and uh, yeah it was interesting to do yeah involved, but then it was successful so it's one of the things i love about this team particularly is that there's always every single customer has a unique issue to solve and so Sometimes you just have to get creative, right? Like really use innovation to try to find a solution. And we certainly have the portfolio breadth to do that. I just have one more question for you. I ask this question to every guest of Solving Water. And that question is, what is the most important thing you've learned in the water business so far? There's lots of important things. Uh I know, right? It's, and and, and I, I have repeat guests on the show, and I ask them still again, and it changes just about every time. Yeah, okay. You know, everyone relies on water, you know, from their day-to-day, whether that's going to be free, clean drinking water, you know, when you turn on your tap or, you know, to get rid of the waste and you, when, you, when you flush the toilet. So, you know, the most important thing, I think, is that we we can address any of the challenges, you know, some of the things we talked about earlier with regulatory challenges, you know, we have technologies to be able to support that. Uh, we really want to make sure that we're able to to help our customers and help the end users really be able to maintain that consistency with their systems and as well just really be able to help them 
solve all the problems that they're having uh, exactly. in the industry. So. Yes, solving water. Yes, exactly. Welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt, thanks so much for making time for me today. I know you're busy running around Con Expo. Enjoy the rest of the show um, and come back again and visit us sometime. Thank you very much, Amanda. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this installment of Solving Water Asylum podcast. Also, a big thank you to our guests who took the time to chat with me and share their experiences with us. Once again, I learned something new that continues to shape my view of the importance of water in the world. Please check each episode's show notes for links to additional information and my email address or find me, Amanda Holloway, on LinkedIn for questions, feedback, or to be a guest on the show. Solving Water is available everywhere you get your podcasts. Stream, download, and subscribe now. 